Greetings, everyone. Uh, welcome to another CLTV Educator Innovator Hangout. Uh, it's July 6, 2017, and I am Kira Baker-Doyle. I'm your host for this evening. Um, I am an associate professor at Arcadia University and the author of Transformative Teachers, Teacher Leadership and Learning in a Connected World, which is uh, the focus of this webinar, this three-part webinar series. Uh, today's conversation is focused on the second part um, of the book, and it's the second session. Um, and it will be extending some of the work that we talked about in, uh, in the first se session. Uh, we have some wonderful guests today. Uh, our first guest is Antero Garcia. He's an assistant professor at the Graduate School of Education at Stanford University. Let's say hi, Antero. Uh, we also <laughs> we also have uh, Minu Rami, who is a manager at Minecraft the Education Edition at Microsoft, and she previously taught her students at uh, Science Leadership Academy in Philadelphia. Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having. Thanks. Thanks for coming, Minu. Uh, we have Kathleen Riley, who is an assistant professor at, in the Department of Literacy at Westchester University, um, in the in, in University of Pennsylvania in PA. And we have Christina Cantrell, who is the Associate Director of National Programs at the National Writing Project. And she'll be kind of uh, working with me a, a bit because she hosted the last show. Great. Thanks for doing this, Kara. I'm happy to be here. Thanks, everyone. Uh, yeah. Um, so uh, for those of you who are watching this Hangout, uh, we encourage you to tweet uh, your comments. You can use the hashtag Connected Learning, which is frequently used here. And if you want to talk specifically about concepts from the book, maybe you're reading along with the book, you can also use the hashtag uh, Teachers Transform. Um, and we'll just be following along with, with uh, what people have to say. Um, so to get started, I thought maybe we could just do a, a round of introductions um, and what brings you kind of to this conversation today. I thought maybe we would start with, with Antero and you would introduce yourself a bit more other than the one or two lines I put out. Yeah, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm slow at, at figuring out how to unmute on the iPad here, so apologies for the delay. Uh, so I'm, <laughs> I'm new at Stanford University, um, but I've spent a lot of time both working with the Writing Project and with teachers uh, when I was previously at Colorado um, and a teacher in Los Angeles. And in general, I think I'm interested in how uh, we can shape uh, designing opportunities for teachers in, in their own classrooms and the kinds of flexibility that can happen with that. Uh, we'll get into some resources, I'm guessing, throughout this conversation that I've been thinking about around this, but I'm really excited to, to learn with you, Kira, and everybody else. Thanks, Antero. Um, and Mina, would you jump in? You've got you've had um, a, a lot of uh, great growing experiences since your times starting in uh, it, at as a teacher at Science Leadership Academy before. So give us a little history of what, what you've been doing the last few years. Yeah, so um, since I left uh, Science Leadership Academy where I taught my students um, high school English, um, I've had the opportunity to serve as a teaching fellow for the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, um, working on some of their US-based education uh, work here. And recently, for past nine months, I've been with the Minecraft Education Edition team at Microsoft. And that's been a fascinating experience to see um, the idea of students as makers and students as makers of their own learning experiences and educators um, figuring out how to use 
you know, so-called video game in, in instructional purposes. Um, so I think in, in continuing to have the opportunity to teach at Arcadia University, um, I think all of that combined has led me to think deeply about uh, the role of both the teacher and the students as makers and what does that actually mean, both in physical and digital world. Um, and lastly, you know, how can I be an active and, and thoughtful participant in that conversation without taking up too much space or, um, you know, getting in the way of the conversation? So I, I guess I'm here both as a learner and, a, and an educator, and um, I'm excited to, to learn from all of you. Thanks, Minu. Um, and Kathleen? Would you uh, jump in and tell us a little bit more about yourself and what brings you to this conversation? And if you might be on mute right now, you might want to un unmute it, or, or else we might be having a technical difficulty. I think she's going to try and unmute it. Yeah, Kathleen, try with yeah. the headphones. No. We've got visual, but not audio. Yeah. Oh, now it's muted. Okay. Yeah, we're going to have um, our background assistant, I think, help with uh, Kathleen as she gets started. Um, and as, as, as he's working with her, maybe we'll, uh, we'll I'll ask uh, Christina, in, both introduce yourself a bit, Christina, um, but then also, if you would give us a little bit of a review of the first session um, that we had and some of the things that we uh, we talked about to kind of bring us into this this next section. Yeah, that's great. Thank you, Kira. Um, well, um, my um, background is really I've been able to work at the National Writing Project with you all um, to really be thinking in the past many years about sort of the implications of uh, emerging networks in um, online spaces and um, thinking about connected learning together and connected teaching. So um, that's the background that I come to this um, conversation with and I've worked with you all so it's really an honor to, to continue to work with you all and learn with you all as Mino said. Um, and um, I was particularly excited um, uh, when, um, or a bunch of us were excited when Kira's book came out because in many ways it brought um, several sort of worlds of educators together and and I think we're all really committed to sharing how are teachers designing and organizing and leading in an increasingly connected world um, and uh, really surfacing those um, uh, uh, stories and practices and um, bringing light uh, um, uh, you know, being able to shine a spotlight on them. And this book does that in, in pretty powerful ways. So um, at Educator Innovator, we asked um, 
uh, care to work with us to develop a three-part series. And this first part um, was a couple weeks ago and it's called, What is a Transformative Teacher? And it really um, took on the first part of the book, I would say. And it featured Kira as well as our colleague, Sam Reed, a Philadelphia teacher who teaches currently at the U School. Um, and I really thought it was powerful in the ways that um, really, and I, I would encourage everybody to go, um, even though it's a webinar, you can listen to it. Um, you don't have to watch and sit necessarily. You can like cook dinner and listen or something. But it's great to hear Sam and Kira talking about both the development of their relationship and this core idea of relationships being sort of core feature of transformative teachers and transformative teaching. Um, and that it's not necessarily about these individual teachers being super teachers, but it's really about this networked power of teachers coming together um, as uh, leaders and designers of um, their work alongside their students and their communities. So, um, uh, so for me, it was really that sort of bringing also the worlds of sort of social justice organizing, grassroots organizing together with um, participatory culture movements and ideas, as well as um, uh, teacher inquiry and sort of a shared background that uh, many teachers bring to, to thinking about their practice, learning from their practice within communities of others and developing their practice um, through their questions and their experiences. So um, I feel like the the dialogue in this first webinar between Sam and Kira is very rich in that way. And Sam talks about some of his experiences being um, leading and organizing with, alongside his students to save um, his previous school from being closed in Philadelphia, as well as teach, talking about uh, working alongside colleagues to sort of like flip the script on some of the things that were happening and really thinking about the ways they were telling stories about um, their work and um, the context of the work and really getting to what students need and being advocates for what students need um, in the sort of systems in which and institutions in which they're working. So um, uh, I feel like it really, um, one of the, the the sort of ways they they start talking about like collective problem solving, strategic use of multiple kinds of public spaces, and a sense of expertise that's grounded in doing the work. Those are sort of core ideas that cut across. And also what Kira, um, I believe you are characterizing as some of the principles of transformative teaching and what makes a transformative teacher within these networks of teachers. So I feel like that leads us into this discussion today about really what are some of the ways we're designing, organizing, leading, we see that happening in the world. Does that help sort of enter us in? That, that's a great background, Christina, thank you. And it's really interesting to also hear it from, um, from your, your perspective, what were some of the salient themes that, that came out from that last, um, that last episode. Um, and we do have uh, Kathleen popping back on, and we're gonna see if we can um, hear her this time, and she can introduce herself. Kathleen, is it working this time? Can you hear me? Yes, we can. <laughs> um, so I missed uh, Christine's introduction, but I did just watch the first webinar, so I think I'm probably caught up. Um, yes. I'm, I'm Kathleen, and I have been studying um, a series of book groups that are happening in Philadelphia. 
I'm really interested in teacher learning, teacher inquiry, and teacher organizing. Um, and there's a lot that relates to what's covered in Kira's book that I'm excited to talk about today. Okay. Thank you so much, Kathleen. Um, you know, the, uh, the first uh, session that we had culminated in us talking about this idea of um, building collective agency um, through uh, collective work and how teachers build um, the, the power to um, make change in, in their classrooms, in, in, in communities and systems through that uh, collective work. Um, and Sam was sharing some really important stories about that. Um, one of the things, one of the key ideas in the second part of the book um, that kind of holds it together is this idea of um, agentive uh, practices, um, uh, practices that are used by a community that help to build power and agency. And they're almost like cultural practices. They're like ingrained in a community. It's what a community does to build um, agency and power. Um, and I look at three kind of big picture concepts of, um, of an agentive tool or practice. And within each of those, there's kind of, I would say, uh, more particular um, kinds of tools and practices. But those, those big picture ones are uh, making, uh, making um, as a agentive tool to help with designing opportunities for learning, both for students and, um, and for, for young people, uh, uh, students and for teachers, I'm sorry. Um, hacking, and, and not the sinister kind of hacking that we hear, but the creative kind of hacking um, and, and the co collective um, rethinking um, of, of situations and, and discourses. And thirdly, connecting and connecting as a form of, of leading. Um, and so these are these three kind of uh, umbrella concepts that I want to talk a little bit and each of our guests um, bring a lot to that to those ideas and can speak very specifically about what those ideas look like in practice um, and, and how they how they build a sense of agency in the work that teachers do and, and, and do with their students. So um, I'm wondering if we could start with this idea of making um, since you know, Minu initially was talking about how she's been seeing um, how making um, and this idea of making has played out with in her new context. And I know even before she got into her new context, this idea was really important to her um, a teach, um, teaching her students um, English and, and writing. Um, so Minu, would you talk a little bit about your kind of, your understanding of this idea of making? Because that that is a a cultural practice of, that has, has really grown um, into uh, many teachers' kind of con concepts of, of what they do as, as teachers and also as, as learners. So I think uh, my own growth as a teacher can actually be traced back to my experience with the Philadelphia Writing Project, which actually brought me in touch with many of the people who are on, on this hangout, which is interesting. Um, and the agency of seeing writing as making, seeing myself
I think we're having a little issue here. I think I'm oh. having some, I don't know if you can hear me, but I was having yes. some connection issues. I think you're back. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll just read. I think we might have to step in and lower our bandwidth here. Uh, there we go. Imagine. Philadelphia writing project. I'm going to actually try to switch rooms, see if that helps connection at all. So the tour of my office. Is this any better? Gotta be creative. Yeah, it's kind of great, actually. <laughs> oh, then she dropped. Okay. Well, you know, uh, while, while we're working on, on that te technical issue, <laughs> um, I, I know that um, in some ways, the work that, that Minu has done resonates with some of the ideas that um, Antero has worked on. And as she's kind of coming back online, Antero, I wonder if um, you've encountered some, con some, um, some conversations with both teacher educators and teachers with this idea of writing is making um, and the makerism. I like makerism. It's a good, it's a good <laughs> word. It's like yeah. a, it's like a bushism back in the day. I don't know if they do this anymore. Um, yeah, I think the, I think the writing as making space is an important one. I spend a lot of time lately with pre-service teachers as well as in-service teachers, and I think it's a useful way to be thinking about um, what it means to be writing. I think it, as just just as language to begin with is useful to be thinking about you know what are you making right? So what what is made. Um, and its purpose in the world, right? So the kinds of transactional nature of language is important around that. Um, I will say, I think an example I wanted to share uh, is some work from some colleagues uh, in Los Angeles. The Schools for Community Action is three uh, public high schools. Um, they're designed around three around three different th themes. There's a game design school. Uh, there's a school around entrepreneurship, and there's a school around um, social work. Um, and I think what links all five of the all all three of these schools are five core values um, that the teachers developed in connection with the local community, with parents, with teachers, with alumni. Uh, and those core values are student-centered, uh, community collaboration, innovation and excellence, social justice, and sustainability. And so, when we think about what writing looks like across content areas across, in these classrooms, we think about how is my writing making a more socially just world? How is my writing making um, the attributes of this school more sustainable. Uh, and so I think when we think about what we're making, uh, I would push it towards that kind of social and cultural context, right? What are we making in terms of the broader, you know, socio-political context that we're in? How is this writing speaking back to issues of oppression, uh, to issues of auto autocracy? I think that's uh, probably particularly important for the, the teaching profession right now. Yeah, it sounds like fundamentally making is in its, in its own, it has to be agent agentive in the sense that you are you're not being done to you are the you are the producer and the you are the maker um and and i also have found that there's some really strong connections between making and um design design thinking and kind of even the studio approach with art um and i wonder if either you uh and or Minu, if she can jump in, might might speak to that connection. 
just wanted to see if, if Minu was jumping the in. The idea that, you know, I really found, I really had to find my own first why at the National Writing Project before I could even imagine my students imagine. Really, it's the network learning uh, via the National Writing Project that not only allowed me to see my own. Students um, interest inquiries and ideas. Poor Minu, we're still losing her. All right, we're gonna jump. We're gonna jump, Minu, because we can't. We can't hear you. I'm sorry. Um, I, I know, and I know, Ontario had something he was gonna say. So we'll jump to Ontario, and maybe you'll be able to pop in in a minute. Minute. Oh man, I don't remember what I was gonna say. Sorry. It's probably really important. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were talking about design-based thinking and art. Oh, so um, actually, before jumping into yeah. art, I was just gonna. Um, I was going to gently push back because I think I think you're right that when writing and making points to the agentive nature of it, right, mm -hmm. and, and, our, and the possibilities. Um, but also, I've been thinking lately around uh, the reading practices, particularly in connected environments, as also being mm -hmm. particularly agentive. Uh, and uh, many of you on the call are engaged with conversations through things like hypothesis and. Um, with a colleague, Ramey Kalir, we've been thinking about, you know, how do online writing practices, you know, reshape the territory of, of text and authorship uh, and, and argumentation. So I just think that's another space to be thinking about in addition to the agentive nature of writing. Um, but I feel yeah, like that's I a really great. No, I, I, I think it's a great point. As, as someone who teaches literacy in teacher education, I've found more and more that when I am talking about teaching reading and, and creating environment for teaching reading, it's about creating an environment in which there's social, it's about the social, you know, and the social interactions and yeah. um, it comes back to that. And, and I really like how you're kind of tying in this, the, some of the concepts of, of the, the making, the um, producing with, with the reading, because they're obviously reading and writing very linked, um, but, but the social is in, intertwined into all of that, which comes back to you know, constructionism and um, some of the theories uh, that, that link um, making and, and, um, and learning together. Yeah, um, no, I just add there because sure. I think like the way you're the way you're framing this conversation around reading, writing, and I guess literacies more broadly uh, is an important one for us to be thinking about with teachers, right? Uh, obviously, right. Mm -hmm. and I think I'm thinking about your book in terms of, you know, how does uh, if a, if a teacher is approaching reading in this process of seeing young people's agency uh, in their relationship with the text, it fundamentally transforms what it means to be reading. Uh, rather than having been read to by an author, right? So that author-reader uh, relationship changes, um, as well as our, our relationship with the world around us. I just think it's an important, probably, political shift for the, for the moment, hopefully. You know, that, that really actually ties in, I'm sure, to some of the stuff that Kathleen is doing. And I hate to jump into a different part of the agenda, but I want to give Kathleen a chance to jump in, because she's been working with teachers in book groups. 
and 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 that again it 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 there there's a lot to that so would would you jump in and what what are your thoughts kathleen yeah i mean i'm hearing a lot of resonance between what has been said so far and and my work in philadelphia um basically what's been happening in philadelphia for the past four years is that two education justice organizations of teachers the teacher action group here in philly and the caucus of working educators within the philadelphia teachers union have been co-organizing and co-sponsoring a series of summer book groups that educators read over the summer these book groups are i think a great example of sort of that maker mindset of creating the container in which new ideas can can form. Um, the books that the educators have chosen to read, and it's a democratic process of selecting the books each summer, um, have really focused in on um, justice, social justice more broadly. Um, and people who are in the book groups are always thinking about how education relates to other systemic issues like um, racism, school closures, neoliberalism, mass incarceration, immigration. So um, these are spaces where I think there's a lot of potential um, and the educators are using them intentionally um, as an organizing tool, as a place of leadership development, um, as a place of understanding the world differently in order to act on it. And I think it really just relates to that idea that you were talking about Kira of leveraging agency and, and building collective power um, through these spaces that they're creating. Yeah, um, I want to give Mino a chance to Mino or Christina a chance to kind of chime in on this part of the conversation. It does lead very, very well into the the next point, which is around this idea of hacking. But but let me give you guys a, a chance to jump in and make connections. Um, yeah, I think I think I kept getting disconnected, and I apologize for the connection. But um, I love. Um, Antero's point about not only uh, seeing as uh, students as uh, makers, but also helping teachers think about themselves as makers. Because in my experience, um, I never felt comfortable asking my students to do something or try something that I wouldn't be willing to do so myself. So I think until educators get comfortable with the idea of whether it's connecting, hacking, or making, they can't really expect their students to pick up those ideas and run with. So yeah. I, I love the, the importance of it in your book and in Intero's comment. Yeah. Great. And since we have you, did you want to add, I think that you were about to share a story um, about your practice. And I'm, I'm not quite sure <laughs> what it was, but yeah, uh, you got cut off earlier. Connection. Um, no, I think I was just saying that I had to figure out my own identity as a maker and a writer before I could teach writing or introduce the idea of my students as makers in my own, own practice. And for that, I really thank a lot of people on, on this Hangout and the National and Philadelphia Writing Project um, for, for taking a teacher through that evolution of, you know, I guess I'm going to teach writing to I teach writers. What is that transformation like um, 
for for a teacher who's often scared and unsure like we all are when we're starting our practice um, whether we're teaching teachers or whether we're teaching ninth grade um, so you know I, I think I think back on my own evolution and the importance of, of first figuring out myself as a maker and a writer before I could ask anyone else to do the same. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's powerful connected to um, Kathleen's description of what the teachers are um, organizing and the sort of democratic ways that they're deciding, um, you know, what they're going to read together and that sort of agency as readers and, and being, um, uh, in that having those experiences themselves um, around the things that they're caring about and wondering about. So. I think yeah. I, if it's okay, Kira, I'd like to add one more point about sure. empathy, because I think when you think about all three of these ideas, whether it's making, hacking, or, or connecting, I think the core of it is empathy and, and core of any classroom practice is also empathy if you can't imagine it from the perspective of the students in your class it's probably not going to work where you all whether it's an activity a unit or a way of thinking that you bring to the classroom so i don't know if anyone else wants to touch on the idea of empathy but um it kind of struck me as i heard other people's comments um, about the importance of empathy and what it might mean for the growth and, and evolution uh, of one's, you know, teaching practice. I think it's, you know, I, I love that point. I think, um, so when I've talked about hacking uh, in, in various places, I've, I've tried to connect it to this idea of teachers being vulnerable. Um, but I also want to just recognize, I think it's a pretty precarious time to be vulnerable as a teacher in this mm -hmm. moment um, and thinking about the kinds of uh, challenges that both teachers and students are facing in classrooms. Um, some colleagues I've been working with in Colorado and particularly um, a doctoral student, uh, Becca Kaplan and I have been thinking about how do we attend to the social and emotional learning needs of teachers as well as their students um, and particularly around empathy, the, the language we're using is cape. It's like, it's like a superhero cape that you wear both as a teacher and as a student uh, mm -hmm. and the cape is um, caring, advocacy, perspective taking, and empathy, um, and really is about trying to understand both the feelings of other people in order to be, you know, a more purposeful human being. And I think, as your point to Minu, uh, someone who can meaningfully make and meaningfully hack and connect, um, but also as a way to better understand yourself, right? That there's this kind of reflexive process of both being able to contribute to and understand the people around you, as well as contribute to and understand your own needs and, and the health of yourself as both a teacher and a learner. That, yeah, and I, I love that. Just, yeah. mm -hmm. uh, just to add to this idea of empathy and thinking about the space of a book group, um, when I was reading, you know, some of Kira's ideas, I was thinking about this ideas of hacking and repurposing the idea of a book group for as a professional development tool and as an organizing tool. Um, and reading as reading together has long been a way to create bonds, to create connection, and to create a sense of understanding a different point of view. And so by creating these reading groups in the summer, it's really allowing space for teachers to be human in a different way with one another that then influences the way that they work throughout the year and the way that they see the world. And so 
lot of capacity for empathy within that kind of structure as well. Yeah, and, and I want to add to to all, I think all of this, like with, I think that some of the things, themes that are coming out here, I mean, it, it, essence, in essence, we have this idea of making and, and, and producing something and then also the, 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 the centerpiece of it, of the building this sense of empathy. But I think another like part that brings it all together is this idea of the process and the slow growth, um, that it takes time to build the relationship, to build the empathy, to be, build the ability to develop empathy, to develop one's understandings of the perspectives and that there's this, um, that in making anything and designing anything, that's a process too. So um, I think that uh, the thing to remember with, with all of this work is that it's slow, right? It takes time um, and that you're doing it in these small little steps of building the uh, building opportunities to develop the relationship to develop the sense of empathy to develop all the things that you make and to refine them and to rethink them um and and we're kind of in this time when everything needs to be you know very quick <laughs> um and perfect and and that's a hard thing to kind of convince oneself to do and to have faith in and to trust um that that kind of a process um so i, I that it, it really speaks to me um, hearing the, the, the examples and the stories folks are sharing and how, how important that process is. And I'm thinking, Kira, too, of just like underscoring a point that I think you make really well in the book, too, is that transformative teachers transform within the context of others and within the context of those relationships. And that, that, that it's a, so any one of us might be at a different point in that sort of process, right? And in that growth. So when we network together, we actually really exponentially develop out our capacity to do some of that work, right? Because we have that sort of collective, like we can lean on each other in those collective ways. And um, I just think that's that's so important and to think about it and the power of that in in the um in the collective i think brings us back to like how these tools can be so powerful um uh wielded by an individual and wielded by a group they <laughs> they have a real um, power to grow yeah i think additionally to to the point of learning in a community um I think there's also a need for safe space when learning in a community, because oftentimes, as Kira said, this work takes time and it, it may or may not work. So whether it's an idea implemented in a classroom or a, a, a teacher advocacy group making a play at transformation in a district, it may or may not work. And how do we handle so-called failure or how do we build the the resiliency and, and the tenacity to try and try again um, it's also uh, an interesting aspect of of this work um, that we ought to uh, honor and and recognize and i don't know if you all have experience or or um you know uh personal you know, been touched by this sort of uh, idea, but I think I would love to hear that. Yeah, I would say that one of the things I've been thinking a lot about, Minu, is 
the relationship between um, spaces, third spaces, places outside of kind of systems um, and, and systems that often kind of force us to make some choices that sometimes we're not so happy to make. Um, and the relationship between spaces and um, collaboration and networking, how when we build relationships and we network, sometimes we, we are in essence building those spaces and how those spaces can be sources of important growth. So for example, I think Kathleen's example of the book club is a perfect example, right? So that that's a space that's built by people coming together outside of, you know, this institutional system to really rethink how to address some important problems there, right? That that's hard to do it like in that it within the you know their individual context, but when they come outside of that and, and meet outside of that, they they start thinking differently. They start being able to take those kinds of risks. Yeah, and I just would add, um, you know, when you said safe space, Minu, I was thinking about, you know, the the trust that it takes to talk about issues that are difficult. Um, and there's a couple of examples of, of book groups that have actually turned into ongoing inquiry communities. So one example is a book group focused on whiteness and being a white teacher teaching um, in a space where you're mostly teaching students of color. And um, that is now that started off as a book group for white folks who teach in the hood and the rest of Yale too by Chris Emden. And now it's this ongoing group that meets. And so I think you know, teachers are really carving out these spaces where they're able to have conversations that require some vulnerability. Um, and so I, I would definitely say, I think the idea of um, sort of building over time and building spaces where people can take risks is really, really important. And can, can I just, as, a, as an educator, like applaud going beyond uh, a, a conversation and turning it into an action and research uh, group so that oftentimes I think uh, teachers are frustrated that we talk about things, but what do we do about them? So I love this idea um, that, you know, conversation leads to inquiry groups or action research or partnerships or you know, visiting each other's classes. And, and that, that's the rich learning that can happen when we're learning in a community. Yeah. I feel like this connects really well to your concept, Kara, in this chapter or this part of the book around um, connecting um, through leading, actually. So, and I, I've, um, a colleague of ours, Chad Sansing, um, in the past has talked about like, leadership as the as creating spaces for permission that leadership isn't you know a job or in the hierarchy or a, you know but actually that it's really about starting to create spaces for permission for people to work and um and do be authorized to do work you know um and and mm -hmm. and to authorize themselves to do work and um you know it makes me think about ink chat and even just the way that you sort of opened up a space for english teachers online and how that was you know starting to build a safe space or i think was was I, i'd wonder what the relationship between that was and and the building of safe spaces comment that you made 
Yeah. Yes, certainly. I think it was, again, my own attempt at seeking such a space to say that I don't know everything there is to know about teaching students reading, writing, and thinking. And there ought to be a place where I can turn to other uh, teachers and ask for help. Um, and certainly, I think one of, that's one of the things that was the bedrock of that community was that you could come as someone who's curious and you could come as someone not knowing something and feeling comfortable to to learn and grow with with another another educator hmm. yes and and i think um you know one of the things that um you know bringing into this concept of the connect the relationship between connecting and leading um that that mina's like a Minu's point was that she wanted to connect with other people. She didn't say, I'm going to be this leader in, you know, at, you know, in English education. She said, I want to connect with people to, to like learn with them. And, and through that, um, it, it kind of, you know, she, she became this, she became a leader. Um, it, it, and, and it, and it was something that kind of um, that, that wasn't a hierarchical kind of label, but more of a, a, a person who helps to connect people, right? And so what I wanna challenge folks to, to think is, is to rethink this idea of, of what we, we understand leadership, um, traditional leadership to be of this kind of um, very hierarchical person on top to what if we thought about instead focusing on how can we connect with others to learn with them and and maybe even take steps to be that person who helps to connect people it's not for everybody you know who the not everybody wants to be that person who connects but how can we think in a way that of 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 trying to find op opportunities to learn with others and i think that um there's that that transforms this idea of leadership into a very active like a very meaningful and active way that makes sense for teachers you know the teachers we come into this profession uh, looking to help others looking to um, uh, connect and build relationships and 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 we can live into the idea of, of, of leadership much in a much easier way um, that way than from a very hierarchical perspective which goes right back to the point that that Christina, you made uh, in the honor and wisdom of Chiat Sansing that leadership is about leadership is about creating spaces for for permission. You know, really, it it's about doing the work. And I think it's interesting that all the people you gathered here, Kira, would be called you know so-called leaders. But you know, speaking for myself, I think we've all sort of uh, you know are self-deprecating and, and find humor in it and just want to keep doing the work and want to keep uh, learning and want keep want to keep having these opportunities um, for learning to happen. Um, uh, and Tara just said he does not find humor in my comments, so there's that. <laughs> um. Yeah, actually, uh, and Taylor, we haven't heard from you for a while, and I wonder what, if there was any any comments um, uh, that that you wanted to jump on, or that you you have some thoughts on. Yeah, I I do, Minu, I do agree with what you're saying. I think this idea of leading 
I, I would also point to, particularly in classroom contexts, as well as with other teachers, as a process of modeling the kinds of civic behavior we're hoping to see, you know, beyond our classrooms and beyond just teacher professional communities. Um, uh, another of our colleagues who could be on this conversation is Nicole Mira, and she talks about this from a lens of civic empathy. Uh, and I find that pretty important and useful for this conversation. Um, I was also just going to add another resource around this. There's a bunch of S words that were being uh, molded together at one point. So things like um, spaces being safe and slow and small. Uh, and I'll add mm. a couple more around these. Um, and so Kathy Fleischer uh, in Michigan um, has been doing some advocacy design work for the National Council of Teachers of English. Uh, and so uh, has, and has created a tool set for educators around taking action around localized issues at the website everydayadvocacy.org. Um, mm -hmm. And she has really emphasized, and I think in a really useful way, um, the idea of taking action that is uh, smart and safe and savvy. And I, so just to add more S words uh, to our conversation, I thought those would be maybe useful. And, and Taro, I think that Sam um, suggested that same website in our last session. So there must be some real <laughs> synchronicity in that. We definitely want to yeah, go check that out. Definitely, yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so great suggestion. And I love all the, the S words um, here. Um, and I see that we're kind of running low on time. We started a little late, but we're running low on time here. Um, and I think that we've we've really had a great kind of um, conversation hitting a, on, on a number of these um, these topics. Um, I wonder if folks have maybe some last thoughts or, or words that they kind of want to share um, that that maybe link some of these ideas um, or just come into mind before we wrap it up. I, I just had yeah, a Kathleen? thought. Can be, it, this can be my concluding thought and it's um, I really like how we were talking about leadership and really trying together to redefine leadership from this hierarchical model. Um, and like you, Kira, I've been doing a lot of thinking and reading about community organizing and what it means to be an organizer. And a really big concept in that world is this idea of leadership identification and leadership development. Um, and I really think a lot with the ideas of Ella Baker around leadership and this idea that um, leaders are people who can move others to action, that leaders um, are really developed from the ground up and that um, leaders are people who have influence over their peers and who can get people to do things together. And so, um, you know, I'm really just hope we can all keep thinking about how we can build leaders within the worlds that we live in. Yeah. You know, and I, I have to say that I was just, I just finished teaching a, a course with, uh, a, a very short course with some fabulous international educators that were doing some um, teacher research. And one of them raised this question, She's an in, she identifies as an introvert. And she raised this question of where do I find space in these conversations about um, collaboration and connecting and, um, and, 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 and reaching out as someone who's an introvert. And we know that like there's a large number, percentage of the population who's an intro, who's introvert. And she already did some really interesting work around this and found that um, one thing to kind of think about when you're, when you, when you're dealing with folks who, um, who really need a, a different kind of environment to thrive as, 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 a, as a connector with others is to think structurally about how to set up opportunities for folks 
who um, who need that, who need some um, smaller groups, uh, some private time for reflecting and thinking. Um, and so I guess I just want to introduce that into the mix that when folks hear words like collaboration and leadership and community, I think there's a good number of people who get intimidated, not just because of that, lab that leadership label, but also because it just, uh, th that the, the, the dominance of extroversion in the collaboration co conversation, and that we also need to think about um, introverts um, and how to bring them in. It's not that introverts don't want to connect, it's that they connect in, in different ways, and, and that's an important piece too. And I only got that from connecting with an introvert. <laughs> well, so, I, um, I love that, um, I just wanna say as a, like I love that Ella Baker came into the conversation. And so for me, this like the opportunity of what are we learning about connected learning and sort of the the potential of sort of new spaces and places that we can create um, into spaces of permission for us to work and do work. And then what do we know from organizing over time that moved populations that engage people, extroverts, introverts, you know, everybody in a community around um, uh, uh, needs that they saw in their community. And, um, and so I think it's just, it's, I'm really excited about the opportunity for those conversations to connect um, because I think there's a lot that, that is known historically and that we can tap into um, and use and develop out today. Yeah, there's just, still so much to learn. Go ahead. I was just gonna add quickly, I think like I really appreciate all of you bringing up both Ella Baker and bringing up that most of these conversations um, in Kathleen's work has, have come up around you know community organizing uh, and it's probably important for us to remember that we're usually in those kinds of conversations because we're organizing for or towards something, right? And, and also as a form of writing probably to be thinking about. Um, but that this is, uh, this is a particularly important time for us to be thinking through, you know, what, what are we making? What are we hacking for, right? And it's probably towards uh, enactments of liberation and justice. Uh, and that those should be, you know, those should be joyful in the kinds of ways that we're we're moving toward them. Um, but this is this is a, an important time for us to be thinking critically about this, right? We have um, we have federal structures that are challenging the face of public education right now, and uh, I just don't want to diminish that fact in this conversation. Yeah, I appreciate that, Antero, and I, I think it's um, you know sometimes we can. These excite these ideas get exciting, but the the, the reality um, also we have to kind of we have to recognize the reality um, of how these how in in some way in a lot of ways these ideas become more important, but we also need to talk about them within that reality um, and 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 recognize that over and over again. Um, Minu wanted to say something. Yeah, I, I think I'm so glad that you you brought up both our our civic life and the current climate under which we all live and no matter what our you know personal or political beliefs we can't deny the great burden on teachers and students in these times and i wonder what the what the need for you know learning in a community how that is shifting 
and what the role of you know teachers who teach teachers or teachers who prepare teachers or um, you know district leaders who support teachers how their role um, evolves and transforms um, during this time so it's absolutely important to to keep working towards and figuring out how do we provide a, a safe and inclusive learning environment for both teachers and students everywhere. That's great. And Kira, I'm just wondering if we could um, say some of the things that people are organizing to support these continued conversations. Um, uh, sure. And then we can send out some links to those in that context, because um, I think that would be valuable. That would be a good way to kind of wrap up. Um, so I know Kathleen wanted to share a bit about the book groups and then if other folks had things to, to share about things that are being or organized right now, some a agentive practices in motion. But Kathleen, I think you're on mute again. But this time it really is mute. Um, I'm going to try to share a couple of things on the screen, if that's okay. Um, sure. So these are um, some of the books that we've been reading over the years. And I can somehow share this with um, Christina to get up. Um, and then I'm not sure, can you see? The other things that I'll send out, I'll send out as links, are the, um, there's a blog that the book groups keep. So the book groups write into a blog um, and then it's compiled so everyone can read about all the other books that are happening. Um, so I'll share that. And then I'll also share um, an article that sort of gives an overview of the book groups for anyone who is interested in sort of replicating similar types of practices in their own locations. Fabulous, thank you. Minu or Antero, did you have any resources to share? You know, I think um, the importance of uh, self-care and giving yourself hiatus um, from whatever, you know, usual intake of uh, news you might be on right now. I think just the importance of uh, asking for help when you need it, asking for support from loved ones and, and community uh, members around you, um, I think is super um, important, um, and and finding uh, finding and creating the spaces uh, that you need, um, and again knowing that you're a leader already, and no one needs to uh, crown you for you to do the work. I think it's super super important to keep in mind. Great, thank you so much, Mina. That that, that is really important. And Tara, get the last minute. I think I'll probably just echo uh, Minu's resources and probably steal all of Kathleen's mm -hmm. uh, book list to read. Uh, I'll also just <laughs> add in case it's not on there. I, I'm, what about uh, Slam? And well, I'll also add Slam, but I don't want to enter too many resources. I, I will say I'm reading, I'm rereading The Bluest Eye, Toni Morrison. Uh, and, and maybe we should all just do that. I don't know. That seems like a good thing. Uh, <laughs> I do run uh, some online advocacy website, uh, webinar-y things. Um, if you want to take a look at that, uh, you could go to slam.education and find out more there. Um, really care for yourself more than that. 
Great. Um, that's awesome. Um, wonderful resources for folks. I guess my resource to share, and this might be something that Christine is going to share too. So uh, that what exciting uh, thing happening this weekend, which is uh, July uh, 8th and 9th, um, is uh, a gathering of folks who are interested in uh, connected learning, which is all about connection and learning, um, and, uh, and teacher education. Um, and so we'll share some links out to folks who want to kind of follow along in the virtual world with that gathering. Um, and the hashtag for that, um, if you want to kind of follow along on Twitter, is hashtag C-L-I-N-T-E. So C-L-I-N-T-E. Um, and that, that should be great, a, a great opportunity to connect with folks who are thinking about a lot of these issues. That was what I was going to say. And we tweeted it out. So. Awesome. All right. So I think we're starting to wrap things up. I want to say thank you so much uh, to our guests for joining us. You are all so amazing and awesome and bring so much to the conversation. I learn from you every time. <laughs> um, and uh, and it, to, to the audience here, thank you for joining us. Um, if you want to stay up to date with um, future opportunities, you can sign up for the monthly newsletter um, at educatorinnovator.org. Um, or on the Twitter handle uh, at innovator, innovates underscore ed. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that's, that's it. We're going to wrap things up. Thank you so much. Great. Thank you, Kira. Mm -hmm. And um, people Thank should you so join much. us in the week too for the third, the third sec part of this. So. Right. Yes, we will be doing a, a third final, sec final yeah. session. Um, so keep in tune for that.